Hello and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts, making you an awesome writer, one cut at a time. My name's Tim Clare, and every episode I'm going to be leading you through the dark and scary forest of creative writing. There's a house that's edible somewhere in there, and all you have to do to claim it is burn an old lady alive. Hi, so, um... This is a new season, and I've done a little intro uh, episode a few, probably months ago now. Uh, The reason I'm being very slow is because I became a dad last year, and so I've got a baby daughter who I'm vigorously parenting. I also just finished uh, a working and stable build of my second novel. That's the sequel to The Honours. Working title of this new one is called The Ice House. And also... I feel like I might as well be honest about this uh, straight off the bat. I've been a bit poorly as well. Uh, I've talked a little bit on the show about having uh, mental health issues. This is a bit hard. You you say you've tuned in, right, to a uh, creative writing podcast, hoping to get some tips with your fiction, and immediately I'm I'm disclosing uh, mental illness. That's fine. I I mean it's not necessarily in it's not necessarily entertaining, but it is fine. Um, the reason I want to be honest about it, partly because it's going to be something I'm going to be talking about on the show, how to deal with being a writer and how to deal with it as a career when a lot of your career is going to involve you being locked in a room the size of a service elevator with no colleagues and only your inner demons of a company but also because I just want to because it's my show I can say what the fuck I like right yeah well I'm going to yeah so I've been I've been really struggling with anxiety uh the last few months and actually for the for a lot of the process of writing the second book terribly plagued with anxiety uh i'm not gonna i won't spend all of my time talking about it but where i think it might be helpful to you where so because because i guess like right you know like you get kind of comic characters who are like you get like a villainous grotesque who's like obscenely obsessed with uh, money you know they become like this kind of archetype of greed and it can teach us something about greed in our own lives well i'm that but for anxiety right i experience it at such a level of comic inappropriateness that if you sometimes get a bit nervous um, because you, in me, it, it's like the skeleton is outside of the body and you can see anxiety uh, in its truest and uh, most ridiculously um, on-the-nose form. Um, you might be able to learn something from it. Uh, but I'm also going to be talking to other people. I've recorded an episode with um, author Alexander Gordon-Smith. I'm a little bit gabbly in it, but I think once it gets going, it's a pretty good interview. Um, and I'm going to speak to some other writers as well because I really enjoy speaking to other people, uh, especially people who speak maybe a little bit slower than me and finish sentences because I am painfully aware that I don't do that very much but this season let's get down to brass tacks I am going to I'm really interested in this idea I know a lot of you do or have thought about doing or have got a third of the way through and then have given up with a sort of grim inevitability uh something like NaNoWriMo or indeed NaNoWriMo and uh it's an interesting one. So the, for those of you who don't know, or for those of you who do, who are just patient enough to listen for 30 seconds while I explain what it is, uh, for NaNoWriMo, uh, you're, the aim is to spend a month. It's National Novel Writing Month, and you spend a month attempting to get to 50,000 words. Is the, the That 50K is the target, which by most definitions I think is on the absolute bottom end of what could conceivably can be considered a novel. I think 60,000 really, and even then it would be considered a very short novel. But 
it doesn't matter because it's, an, it's a completely arbitrary goal anyway. The idea is you sit down, you start at the beginning of the month, and by the end of the month, you've written 50,000 words, um, and you've kind of written a sort of novel. And lots of people do it, and some people manage to write a whole thing, and some people don't. Most people find it makes them write more than if they'd not tried at all. But it's kind of, it's kind of a binge, right? It's set up as a binge, and it is an endurance event it's a kind of like a big punishing assault course of writing uh, where you just have to keep going where all the focus really is on getting that word count down not worrying about your inner critic which there's positives to absolutely um but it's not a very sustainable writing practice and and most people you know if you get to the end you kind of crash out of the back of it and and it involves you know fairly major lifestyle changes so it unless you're already a full-time author or you know independently wealthy living on some kind of a stipend of a generous and uh, rich benefactor you're going to be doing that alongside your full-time job right so you're going to be working for a month two jobs and averaging i can't remember exactly what the average you have to hit a day it's i think it's just under 2000 words those of you who are better at math than me can do it quickly i'm not going to pause while I work it out but it's yeah it's just under 2,000 words a day you've got to average but that is every day of the week that's a lot for a professional writer who has no other responsibilities if you're doing that and your full-time job you're going to hit the end of that month and be absolutely exhausted so and it's part of a problem we have in our in our industry of valorizing unhealthy working practices definitely normalizing them think about the number of writers if you are on twitter or just you know if you read stuff um, by writers talking about writing think about the number of times you've heard writers talk about you know make jokes about writing anxiety or about kind of toiling away into the wee hours about writers being very reclusive about writers being people who are difficult to get on with about writing being an obsession why write why breathe you know that idea that writing is something you have to do otherwise you'll feel miserable um that writing is something that grips you and possesses you that writing that the the, the artistic te- temperament requires you to be unhappy a lot of the time um that you won't earn very much that uh that writing is something that will make you uh that you know writers you'll live in poverty the there's a kind of the romance of the garret type of thing. And you think if that was any other profession, what horrible, horrible things to not just normalise, but try and make sound romantic. Oh, when I do this job, it makes me feel sad. I don't earn very much money. I am miserable and cranky and scared a lot of the time. Go and do it, everyone. Oh, but there's a, a, a tiny percentage of people in it will get will be loaded. Isn't that exciting? It's just it's like it's like encouraging people to take up like a serious gambling addiction or something. You know, it's it. There's oh, there, there are some rewards for a tiny percentage of people. Everyone else, it will fuck you over, right? Right. So, I I and I think. For all its positive sides, there's a part of Nanarimo that is just f- feeding that nasty, unacknowledged, unhealthy, I'm not going to say toxic side of writing, but that's what I mean. 
I am going to say it. It's, it's toxic how we talk about writing a lot of the time. And obviously, this is particularly poignant for me for what I've just been through. But I do have a mental health condition that would come up if I were working as a... I imagine if I were some bucolic radish br- um, grower out on an island with no stresses around me at all, I imagine that um, my condition would mean I would find some way to make... I mean, that does sound pretty stressful. If you're on an island growing radishes, there's no economy there to support you, no transport infrastructure for you to sell those radishes on. But you're you're fighting global agribusiness with a one-person radish concern on an isolated island. That's fucking stressful if the power go you've got no access to um medicine of clearly there's not going to be like a hospital if you fall over and break your leg you die right that is a really stressful job that was a bad exit but see how i've already said so i'm not you know but it's particularly poignant for me because i think any of you who've just like felt miserable because you haven't written that week that horrible grinding guilt um i think i think the way we talk about writing exacerbates that. Anyway, what I want to do for this season is set up something. I just because I've taught writing for years, and I want to set up something that might help you if you have never written before and you want to start. If you've written on and off for lots of a lot, but you have that like sticky feeling like I just I haven't done it for enough. I want to start taking it up to project status if you're a writer and you just want to make your relationship to your writing healthier but be productive if you are a professional writer and you just want to be more productive and professional about it you know you want to make it a job and not a sick habit um that's what i want to help you with and specifically i i I want to um I'm going to do a series of episodes that will lead you through essentially an eight-week course of little ex- little daily exercises with one day off a week. So six daily exercises and then you'll have a grace day that you can do whatever you want with. Um, to take you through an eight-week, just the establishing of a habit and, and, and not... And, you know, I think in contradistinction to something like NaNoWriMo, which will still exist and you can do it if you want. This is something that, at least for the first four weeks, is only going to require 10 minutes a day of your commitment. You're only going to have to be at your desk or on the bus or whatever uh, for 10 minutes. That's the amount of writing I'm going to ask of you a day. Because I think that's sustainable. And hopefully the idea is that it will start getting your brain moving. Um, it might seem sort of like a pathetically small amount, but we're talking about little and often. And I just want you to get, you know, this idea about writer's right and all this nonsense that we talk about, the uh, the craft. And it is a craft, and I don't think calling it a craft uh, diminishes it in any way. I, I think craft is a, is a beautiful thing. Um but i want i want us to look at ways that we can make it something that first we're going to plant seeds i i i don't i don't know if i've talked about this uh as because i know i did that massive two-hour episode at the end of season one and i know i gabble quite a lot and i don't finish thoughts and so there's a lot of stuff that i might have mentioned or i've mentioned in passing or i introduced the concept and then didn't explain what i meant by it but as uh, a lot of you will know, I'm uh, a live performer as well. I do stand-up poetry. 
uh, I've taken live shows to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I've done, you know, I've really uh, paced the boards and uh, hit the road and, and, and you know, like had a, a fairly heavy gig, gig schedule uh, uh, for, for many years. Less this year because of Suki. But um, I, w- I want to talk about that. I don't know if I've discussed this idea of match fitness. This idea that as a performer, uh, your skill as a performer is n- does not describe a, 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 a just a line trending up as your experience increases. It's not it's not a linear progression. Um, it's depending on how recently you've performed. Uh, you have a level of match fitness. You have a level of you being in the right headspace, um, having a certain uh, eloquence to you, that kind of like uh, verbal dexterity that comes from talking extemporaneously for long periods of time on stage to people who uh, have paid for the privilege and are judging you. Uh, Just knowing your material if you've got material uh being you know getting used to that adrenaline rush all of those things that level of craft it builds up and with time away from the stage it dims down and certainly you feel when you hit whether you're doing like a a run at edinburgh you feel when you hit that kind of um that slick spot where you start it starts feeling like it's coming to you naturally uh where you can just reach up and pluck words and whole ideas out of the air and you make it look easy and it feels easy to you but actually you are standing on a great big uh mountain of corpses and all of those um were days and hours that you killed through work i guess that is a slightly tortuous analogy but you get the idea right that you you build up to a certain level and then and then that dies back uh, not at the same rate that you learn it and not completely you know you will always have that uh the equivalent of you know learning to ride a bike you'll some stagecraft will always stay with you but you have to sort of top it up to be match fit and i think we talk about that in you know that's a uh, that is a not that is a not a controversial thing to talk about when you talk about stand-up or performance but we don't talk about it in the same way about writing there's this idea that I, as a writer as an author uh, your your skill in the craft is is crystallized you know that that you just you take a shovel of uh effort of work of experience and you put that into a big sack saying talent and that would slowly fill over the years but it's more or less it's more or less a kind of a solid it's it's a constant right and if you add something to it that thing is added to it permanently and if you take something out of it um i don't know how you take something out of it i suppose some kind of uh deterioration to do with age i mean there's people do talk about people uh becoming less skilled over time but there's, there's this idea that you just add stuff to it and and then you can take that sack and you can immediately use its contents in any project you you know, for every novel you, you you approach, that remains a constant. And I don't think that's true. I think with authors, um, new stories, new novels need a whole different range of skills sometimes. And also, over time, uh, some of those skills, some of that kind of hate, you know, it, it, it fades away. And you need to come back. You need 
inspiration right and as soon as i talk about inspiration it no longer seems like a controversial or even or even in clever or idea does it tim it sounds like something that is talked about all the time that authors have inspiration and not inspiration um, except that that there's this idea that inspiration is nebulous and talent is concrete i think they're the same thing i just think we misunderstand what talent is right we go this person is a master storyteller and they know how to write stories well some days they do and some days i guarantee you they're in their office tearing their fucking hair out going i am a fraud i don't know how to do this but they just don't some people don't like don't like mentioning that publicly one because they feel like a fraud and they think that you will find them out and uh, they won't be able to do their job anymore because people won't want to read what they've done because they'll realise they're winging it. And, and and secondly, because people don't want to seem like they're whinging. Um, I don't mind whinging, uh, as you can probably tell. So you'll always hear what exactly what I think, even if you think I'm being a bit of a whiner. So this is what I want to talk about is like build over these eight weeks getting you match fit because I think a lot of people they go right what I'm gonna do I'm just gonna leap into my novel or they go I'm gonna endlessly research it for years and years and I'm never gonna sit down and doing it and I think if you want to sit down and write your book or you want to go back to it and you kind of like you you shelved it and you need to go back to it and you need to work on it we need to get you match fit and that is going to involve writing every day but it is not going to involve necessarily you sitting down and cranking out 1500 words daily to the detriment of your well-being of your happiness your friendships and every time you don't manage to hit that goal you feel like shit you sit down to watch a bit of tv or go out for a meal with friends or take a rest and instead of enjoying that thing you feel guilty because i should be writing bollocks i want to give you something that can enhance your life that you can definitely do you can definitely find 10 minutes a day i'm sure you can so look i'm just going to as you can tell this isn't scripted i just wanted to talk about it with you uh because I want to explain my ideas because what I'll actually do is I will record six very short podcasts for every week um, and then one podcast for the sort of weekend, I guess. Six podcasts that are going to be like have a little 10 minute timer in the podcast so you can just pop your headphones in, listen to it and write while the podcast is running whether that is at your laptop, whether you're on the, your bus on your way to work, if you can find 10 minutes there, in your lunch break, uh, in bed at the end of night, if you've got a very understanding partner, or uh, or you're single, of course, um, then those will actually be the time and that will lead you through, each one will lead you through the process. And, and by the time it's ended, you will have done the writing, right? Um, and then I want to have one podcast a week that is uh, discussing the topics of the week. Um, because anyway, I'm but I'm just wanna. I'll just go through quickly some of the ideas behind it. Because you, if you're still with me and you're you're sticking around, you may have some questions about this. And by the way, I'm still going to do interview podcasts. I'm still going to do some where I analyze and do editing of people's uh, first pages. And you can still send them to me via my website. Details about that at the end. Um, but I want to add this because I know a. Uh, because I tell you why it is. I tell you why I decided to do this. Because 
one of the most common emails I get from you. And thank you for writing to me. I love to hear from you. And I love all the encouragement you've got on people saying, when's the podcast coming back? We are a niche podcast, right? We're, this is, we, this it's, it's a podcast for people who write who also might be a bit crap or feel a bit crap about themselves, right? There's not, there's not a huge audience. We are on the bleeding edge of culture and we are a, um, not a narrow sect, but we are certainly a, uh, a close and unique family. And the most common email I've got from people, apart from saying, get off your ass, you lazy toad, and start the second season, which is always lovely to hear. The most common email I've got is people go, oh, I've just read your 200,000 words plus of uh, of blogs on the Death of a Thousand Cuts blog. Really helpful, or I've just listened to the whole first season of Death of a Thousand Cuts. So helpful. Uh, it's really nice to hear all this editing stuff. And now I'm looking at my work, and it's made me really shit scared to start because I've realised how bad I am. I have very mixed feelings about hearing that because people are often saying to me, Ah, oh, you've made me very cognizant of how what a shit writer I am. I now feel paralysed. And this is not a feeling entirely alien to me because I get that all the fucking time, which has been why it's taken me three years to write a sequel to The Honours because I'm paralysed by self-criticism and doubt and crossing things out and I'm feelings of fraudulence. And uh, I seem to be, uh, through the magic of this um, electronically distributed international network of uh, human knowledge and information i seem to be distributing my own neurosis to other people that's not good like uh and i will i i, I don't editing will i'm quite happy to uh, go to the mat for editing but not at the expense of you being able to write anything because you know the, the easiest way to not make mistakes the easiest way to uh not commit some of the cardinal sins of writing and your brain is very uh, efficient and clever and will glom onto this immediately, is to not try. You can have a uh, 100% flawless record in writing if you never write a word, right? And the that is shit. And, and, and I've taught creative writing for ages, and I, I'm not a negative person in my classes. I'm, I'm almost sickeningly uh, saccharine and boosterish and tediously air punching go get them guys and kind of like waxing lyrical about the beauty of creativity and then i come on this podcast and i just talk shit about people who use split infinitives and that's that's fucking horrible right and that's not me i love writing and um the last couple of years i've had a lot to think about about the idea of why sit down to do a story and the difficult birth of this book and fucking hating turning up every day and missing so much of my family and 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 being a insufferable insufferable arsehole to the people around me all for the sake of story for these stupid stories we write why do we do it and i think we uh, at the same time i've been doing other activities that have made me reminded me why i care about storytelling and why i love it and what i want to do is give you an eight-week course that doesn't just make you very conscious of all the things you're doing wrong in your writing. What I want to do is 
send you and your writing off on a dirty weekend. I, I want you to fall in love with your writing again. And fall in love with the play and the ebb and flow and the fundamental human magic of storytelling and imaginative play. I've talked about the idea before quite a lot, actually, of, of like inspiration as breathing in. And I think a lot of the time, especially someone with a panic disorder, we forget about breathe it to breathe in, right? We forget to stop and take a breath. And all that breathing in is about going back to the books we love, finding new books we love, and just being inspired, reading stories, experiencing life and going, fuck, this is good, right? Like you need to start going out and hoovering up that air, that spirit that you're going to breathe out into your stories eventually. Um, so it, it's about, um, I think if you're going, if you want to start getting match fit uh, as a, an author, you've got to make yourself a, a reading list, right? And you've got to start working through it. Uh, I think you've got to read fiction like it's your job. And looking through it and going, what can I nick? And that means picking books that are very similar to what you're writing. I think I've mentioned this before, but like going, building a reading list of stuff that seems dangerously close to your kind of like darling, darling, protected idea and going, okay, what is out there? And, and reading it and like grasping that nettle. It's important. It's essential. And then you need to be reading it and going, what is what, what here has been done well and how can I do it well? I think research is so important and so many authors sit down and do fuck all research and it shows like you need to make your life uh you need to like make part of your life about like finding these books that might make your story that one percent better you're making yourself a briefly an expert and again this is match fitness because you cannot hold all the information that you go and research about glass blowing in your head forever so much about the 1930s that I read when I was researching the honours is now just gone to me. I can't remember. Most of it is gone. And I, uh, that book and the content of it, I read through it and I go, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's very knowledgeable. And it's, it's because I could only hold it. You know, I made notes, obviously, but I couldn't hold it in my head forever. But I, so I had to research and then write the scenes sort of breathlessly off the back of that before the information faded back out of my mind um you need to rest you need to let yourself be a human in the world you need to sleep you notice stuff when you're you allow you allow your mind to go quiet you know you, when you allow yourself to just if you can f have those moments where you're just sitting on the bus or the train or in town and you just watch people that's when an idea will sneak up on you and you can't there's no room for that idea in your head if you're just constantly going fuck 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 i've got to write a book how am i gonna solve this scene how do i get dave through the tunnel of ignorance when he doesn't want to go there you know and that's not a that's fundamentally not a place um that gets the creative mind working kind of fear and um uh, uh, solving small niggly problems it, 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 it closes down possibilities and options and it makes you feel miserable um diarizing is another thing that i'm going to talk about but this idea of like practicing observing and i've just bought it came yesterday i've just bought a writer's notebook and 
I'm going to plop stuff down into it. I used to, for years, I kept, I had A4 hardback lined paper. I would like cover them in stickers so they were really silly and they didn't feel like holy and uh, they weren't something that I was scared to use. I had like uh, glittery Powerpuff Girls stickers all over it and it was mine and I loved it and I just note down all sorts of crap into it. Never shopping lists, always creative things, right? But it was mine and it was my creative book and I would do speed poems in it. I would, if I was reading a book and there was a really good quote in it, a really good line, I would go, whoa, and I'd get that down and I'd write it down and that would be in there and I'd, I'd have it saved and maybe one day I'd come back to it and go, that's fucking cool. I had an idea for a character, I'd do that. I'd just do little creative writing exercises. If I had an idea for a book, I would just start writing the first page to see what came out. Um, all sorts of stuff can go in there. Anything that is helpful to you. It's a great place to just dump little dollops of research just to follow little ideas. You don't know where they're going to go. Um, do very silly stuff. Uh, you can, if you're the kind of person who well, doodling would help you, do that as well. Um, if you're out and about and you hear someone come up, you hear like one of those tantalising snatches of conversation, you just kind of note down that one line because you will forget it, right? I, I think it's really helpful. You can, you know, you can literally write a diary in it you can talk about your thoughts you can talk about your thoughts about creative writing and how it's frustrating you but you have to start doing that and that's part of match fitness you can't you can't start that on day one of writing the first page of your novel and expect it to it's a kind of invisible practice that builds up and then suddenly you know scenes for your novel will will write themselves with sort of like, you know, people say, oh, it wrote itself. Oh, it was kind of effortless. All oh, the scenes seem to spill out of me. Well, actually, I wonder whether if you've been doing that kind of invisible practice, that kind of like, you know how, like, when you go to the gym, you you don't, you're not actually lift, you're not actually like, you're not actually like lifting stuff and expect to see stuff moved by the end of it. You're building muscles. Um, It's all, it's, all about is that's the same thing about taking notes and it will feel it and, and what I want to do with these eight weeks is I want to give you a bunch of uh tasks and a lot of them will seem like fool's errands uh I'm sure that in fact I, that's what I'll talk about next right that's what I want to talk about next it's just maybe for those of you who might be tuning in for the first time you're not tuning in that's not how a podcast works but if you're listening for the first time and you've somehow had the goodwill uh, your goodwill hasn't been punctured by this stage and you're still listening thinking maybe tim will say something of value um the amount of effort that is going to take to actually go through eight weeks you have to trust at the beginning that i'm not just some joe schmo who's like doesn't know what he's talking about and is making you do a bunch of errands that are not likely to make you a better writer um and that's a reasonable thing to say right because anyone anyone could just come out with eight weeks worth of tasks and say, oh, just write a scene where a man eats a banana while he's trying not to be killed by sharks. Go. And it's like, well, any 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 fucker can come up with a writing prompt, right? And lots of mediocre writing teachers do. And, and, and they talk about it as if they've helped you. Oh, look, I'm teaching a class. Here's a writing prompt. Off you go. Well, there's writing prompts and there's writing prompts. And I don't, it's not going to just be a series of one-line writing prompts go one because well there's loads of reasons but mainly because it's that shit and that'd be lazy of me and i don't i think if you did eight weeks of writing prompt it would be marginally useful 
but that's not what I want to do with you. I want to get you ready to write your novel. And I think, you know, obviously I've got to prove to you that I have some expertise in what I'm doing. So, uh, and this, is, this isn't intended for me to be like showing off. I don't think I've got anything particularly to show off about. It's just that I have got professional experience. I was a uh, manuscript consultant, which means like people, I got sent people's novels and I put, professionally edited them page by page and produced reports on what I think they needed to do better um, and I evaluated the novels in terms of their uh, potential to be published uh, and everything from them kind of macro scale to the uh, line by line sentence by sentence construction I did that for 10 years and I was often doing you know sometimes like two or three manuscripts a week it was my full-time job uh, and I you know I, I did you know, way into the triple digits uh, of uh, novels I did for that. And I did that for over just over 10 years. Uh, I graduated from the uh, MA in prose fiction at UEA. Uh, I've written, I've had three books published. I've written more novels than that, but I've had uh, one novel published by Canongate called The Honours. I wrote a memoir partially about creative writing called We Can't All Be Astronauts that was published in 2008 by Ebury Press and I've written a book of poetry called um, Pop Stuntman that was published by Nasty Little Press in I think 2011 so I, I've, I've had stuff published and I've uh, written a lot as well uh, I've also done stuff for I wrote a script for English script for a video game as well um, and I've taught creative writing I've taught it at university level uh, I've taught hundreds and hundreds of workshops and I've gone on and taught like a week-long retreats at places like the Arvin Foundation. Um, so I, I've had a lot of experience in workshops, seeing what works with people, what doesn't. I've had lots of opportunities to nick good ideas off other people and then adapt them to my needs as well. I, I've done loads of exercises that have just bombed, that, have, that no one's got anything good out of. And then I've done other ones that have worked really, really well where people have surprised themselves. And um, so I, I, I've got a really good sense of what kind of exercises work. And I want to bring you some of the best, some of the most fruitful, some of the most transformative that I've uh, used to kind of take you on this kind of, I guess, this kind of like mini daily writing retreat that I, I, I want I want you and your writing to to fall back in love with each other i want you to feel good about writing and part of that is going to be making it so the actual amount of writing you're doing a day is so small that you'll have time for it because i want you to feel good about your writing because if you feel good about your writing if you feel excited about your writing you it will become easier and if it becomes easier you'll do more of it and if you do more of it you'll get more practiced at it and if you get more practiced at it you will get better at it and if you get better at it it will become easier and if it becomes easier it'll be more pleasurable and if it becomes more pleasurable you'll do more of it and if you do more of it blah 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 a positive spiral and i want to start that with some simple things and i'm I, wa I want to honour your time N in the way that I'm not here by uh, talking extemporaneously. But I didn't want to script this because otherwise I would sound rather wooden and irritatingly slick. And I don't want to do that. I just want to talk to you one to one. Uh, and and I, I want to say, like, kudos to anyone who completes NaNoWriMo. I'm not slagging it off at all. I it, It's very much pitched as a kind of silly thing rather than a mod model for how all writers should work but um i just want to give you the fire and the pluck that says i want to fucking do this uh and you to 
feel that you can get stuck into that idea that you've been sitting on for a, for a while, or just to let you sort of start exploring your writing. If you don't have an idea for a novel, that's fine. It's not going to assume that at all. But I just want you to get match fit and get get ready for it because I think Nanarimo feeds a really horrible uh, sort of work ethic that isn't sustainable and I think most people who do it even if they complete it they go oh I did write a novel for Nanarima once but they never go back because their experience of it is often profoundly knackering and horrible and I want to give you a positive experience and replace that with um so uh I'm gonna that's like most of the plan really um and then I'm gonna I'm so I'm gonna start releasing these episodes again and the idea is that I'll, I'll make them all available to download so the idea is not that you start on the week that i put it out the idea isn't that you start then and have to start keep keeping going with it what i'm going to do is put put them out have all these little mini episodes that you can download and then you can just stick them on your phone stick them on your ipod or whatever or on your laptop and then when you're ready to start you can just uh you know play the first one and get into it uh, and th- and that's it really that's that's what i want to do uh, it's it's I, I i see it as you know you have those like couch to 5k uh programs that, that assume no experience of of running even though you might have done and get you to the level where you can do 5k well this is like a kind of couch to 80k I, I'm, I'm looking for i'm assuming that you just like feel a bit bummed out about writing and I want to get you by the end of those eight weeks. And I genuinely believe we can do it. And I genuinely believe it won't actually take that much time. You know, it's not very much time a day. What it's about is honouring your time and having focus. So when you do sit down, that time is used well. And I'll, you know, I'll be using my expertise to make sure I'm filtering stuff down. So you're getting kind of like pure shots of uh, creative writing juice. And at the same time, uh, I think doing it daily, but keeping it up means in the gaps between your brain's going to be ticking over ideas. It's going to be like changing how you think it's going to be slowly setting up. It's about chaining these days together. So you start to think like a writer you start to feel like a writer and as silly as it is that your brain start your whole brain structure starts changing into something that is doing the work while you sleep and doing the work while your brain's in kind of downtime so that ideas just pop into your head that's the idea we're getting your brain match fit and ready for creative writing because i think a lot of writing is about establishing habit really um and establishing and fighting it, right? Because 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 once you've got moving, even if you're only doing a tiny bit each day, the the, you're, the wandering mind of yours that is such a problem most of your life, you're actually harnessing it. It's, it becomes this weird dream engine that is making you miss your stop on the bus or have elaborate erotic fantasies whilst in a meeting. But you can, you can start feeding that with uh, morsels of oddness and it'll start working for you and creating your stories. Um, so I, I'll be doing all sorts of stuff about... Uh, style and ideas and pushing through and probably some stuff about just like being kind to yourself as well but mainly it's going to be about really 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 practical stuff and you know if you listen to any of my podcasts if you read my blog i'm not going to be just doing loads of airy fairy kind of like air punching stuff about this is uh come on guys you can do it i know my shit right i i i dislike myself on so many levels i've got so many doubts but i know that i know creative writing 
fiction composition i fucking know my onions i have no doubt about that at all and i can give you the good stuff the juice instead of you having to read and read and read and gradually abstract vague principles of good fiction from those stories i can just give them to you straight and uh, and let you skip some of those levels and just get straight into making great stories that other people can enjoy um that maybe can you know give you a career but can certainly make you happy creative writing it's um i I taught uh, a few a couple of months ago I, i taught on a uh a memoir writing course up in scotland and i really enjoyed it and it was a it was a great privilege to get to work with people and them to you know talk about uh their lives and you know often very intimate uh and emotional details about it but it is a transformative thing to uh to write with your whole heart it it, it needn't be this thing that just makes you feel guilty and ill we can use it and you deserve to use it. I don't think that's indulgent at all. You you can use the tools of writing to make yourself feel better um, and to make other people feel better as well. I think all the writing that actually ends up being successful, uh, that ends up speaking to people is something that deals with the human heart, you know, something that deals with the strange tides that move us all. And I, 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 th- I think you need to get past the guilt that you feel, well, I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to waste people's time you'll be wasting people's time if you if you make if you if you cut that out of your work if you make your work a kind of empty intellectual exercise i think it will be total bullshit no matter how beautifully crafted your lyrical sentences are uh and i'm a sucker for <laughs> you know what i'm like about a a a, a, a well a well struck sentence is 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 a thing of beauty um but I think you need emotional content as well. And I think that's what we're looking for, is to get you match fit so you can produce that. Um, you know, and, it, and it's fine for you to have doubts. Um, but what I want to say is, you know, in terms of... I'm going to be making you do stuff that probably a load of the actual exercises that you do, you're going to bounce straight off. You're going to go, I fucking hate this. <laughs> I got nothing out of that. The idea of every exercise is not to produce something that you... Uh, uh, a, a, a beautiful piece of work that you are super proud of in fact i would suggest that whatever you write um over the course of the uh eight weeks because you're going to do it now right you're going to commit um whatever you write you know put it if, if you feel very embarrassed about these things you can always use a, a laptop or something like that but give yourself permission to to delete it if you want to write on scrap paper you can always just chuck it straight into a shredder at the end of it you can destroy it it's fine if you don't write at least one thing that you feel molar grindingly embarrassed by you haven't pushed yourself hard enough like you can't find out where your limits are in the shape of yourself as a writer unless you try new things and so many of us as writers we just go for how many authors especially authors that are famous do you know who are just like write so heavily into their comfort zone um and don't try new voices and their work that they produced at the beginning of their career is indistinguishable from work that they produced at the end of their career because they haven't changed at all you know what you're getting from them and what i'm saying is it, it, and it's fine to be consistent as a writer but behind the scenes the stuff that you're not publishing you want to go all out it's not it's not about uh 
pleasing an imaginary audience. It's not about pleasing the press. It's not about making your mum and dad and your nan proud of you. It's not about making your friends think what a cool and sexy artist. It's not even about creating something that you look back on and go, oh, that's fucking cool. It's about building the writing muscles that will allow you to honour the story you want to do. And, you know, in the same way that if you work in a gym and you do an exercise, you don't feel stronger after it. You feel weaker. Your legs feel wobbly. If you blast those quads, um, not only do your legs feel wobbly, but the next day you might not be able to get up and down stairs if you haven't done it in a while. But you're breaking down the muscles. You're you're creating those little micro abrasions so that when they rebuild, they rebuild stronger. And the same thing is going to happen with some of the completely stupid exercises, stupid but short, is that they're going to take you out of your comfort zone. They're going to get you to do things that you wouldn't normally. They're going to be silly and fun. And I hope you get to enjoy them. And you may produce little um, chunks of work out of it that surprise you. You go, fuck, that sounds like the beginning of something. That's great. Um, but that is emphatically not the point and this is also something that if you've got other writers if you're in a writing group or you just got friends you could do it as a group right you could do it as a pair you could sort of make um be accountability buddies for each other and share work that you do that's absolutely fine um and you know i'd love you know feel free to share stuff with me i don't have the time to edit your stuff or come back with feedback unless of course you know it's a first page of a novel in which case i you know i'll stick stuff in the spike for the show as per usual um but i'd love to hear how you're getting on i think it's great if you're able to do it so i'm going to start putting these out and um and we'll see how we go and it will it will um stack up into an eight week uh, course that you can download and do whenever you're ready to start feeling good about your writing again what do i want in return three things uh one your love and adoration drop me a line via the website timclairpart.co.uk to tell me how you're enjoying the podcast two if you like the podcast please share it and tell other people you like it that really helps i just think especially if you are mates with other writers i think if, if you're finding it useful chances other people um will find it chances are other people will find it useful as well and as writers we need to look out for each other um of course i'm saying this out of self-interest but at the same time um, you think about how isolated you are as a writer every time you find something useful not just this but anything make an effort to connect other writers to it you know whether it's an award uh, whether it's uh, some kind of resource that might be useful whether it's a book that really blew your mind reach out to other writers because you might just lift them out of a rut and you might help them create their art as well and that's a lovely gift to give to people we we don't have a water cooler that we can share stuff with because we don't or well you do but it's like the shitty office you work in and those people aren't writers us as writers right we've got to share this stuff by um by the old internet and and of course if you see people irl um thirdly please buy my book um i've got a daughter now she's lovely and she needs to eat every sale is money in my bank account that helps me pay my bills and keep me and my family afloat um that sounds uh, overly desperate i'm fine the roof isn't uh, caving in on my head as we speak but it might so please uh, do uh, buy the honors it's available uh, through amazon you can get it um on kindle or you can get it in bookshops because it's out in it um and hopefully if my publishers like the next one then the sequel will be out real soon um that's it yeah i i just um i just want to create i want to create something that's good that fits around your life as you live it and um and helps you with your writing because 
it's lovely to listen to these podcasts right where people come go come out with writing tips and talk about writing and why it's important and it you sort of feel good at the end of it and it can be quite relaxing but i want to give but it's fucking easy to just listen and I want to give something that makes you write as well because I know you'll feel better for it at the end. But we're going to make it really small chunks of writing so you'll feel good but you will be able to achieve achieve it this time and you're going to be really, really happy. Um, Right, that's it. Next episode I'll stick up will be the first part of this eight-week course uh, which I, I guess I want to call Couch to 80K. That's the branding. 80,000 words is a nice number for a novel as well. It's kind of like prompt and business-like but uh, it gives you enough space to have a, a prop. It doesn't feel like you're shafting the reader either. Shafting in the sense of ripping off rather than kind of like erotically having... Se- Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm waffling now. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, it's lovely to be back. Um, actually, you know what? I, I, I Having just, you know, uh, my website, timclairpark.co.uk, one thing I will put up is the um, interview with uh, me and uh, Alexander Gordon-Smith before I start putting the whole thing up because I, I, I you know, recorded it a while back and I want to just make sure that's up there as well. Uh, love to you all. Bye-bye.